0: All right, guys. Well, welcome back to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this show. And today uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about navigating Bible difficulties. Um, next uh, next time we're gonna talk about uh, criticism, and then on Monday we're gonna talk about next Monday we'll talk about handling conflict, and then uh, after that we have some really great author interviews and. Uh, shows uh, lined up but you know Bible difficult navigating Bible difficulties is is something that we really need to understand because um, I have seen and we're going to talk about this uh, in this show I have seen many Christians abandon the faith because they don't understand how to navigate Bible difficulties and um, that's really unfortunate in fact in my, in my teens, I uh, I saw a very young college student. He went off to uh, Bible college, and he was learning about how to study the Bible, how to interpret the Bible, and he was encountering, um, as every Bible college student does, even at a, cons- at a conservative school, uh, conservative Bible college, You when you study the Bible, you quickly find that people don't agree that... With the conservative view of the Bible that it is inspired, that it is without error, that it is without the possibility of error, that it's for every phase and aspect of our lives, and that it's binding on our lives. And I'll never forget uh, this friend struggling with this. Eventually he ended up leaving the church, but I also never forget this conversation I had with a Middle Eastern man um, on a bus in the Seattle area. He, he's, I told him that I was going into the ministry, and um, I've been studying theology, and I'll never forget his response. He said, you know, the Middle East has been fighting over the Bible for centuries, so good luck figuring out the Bible. What, what this man was saying is critical because it gets to the heart of the question, why can it be? why is it hard to understand the Bible? It needs to be said that the Bible is clear. It's reliable, it's trustworthy, it's sufficient, it's binding, and it's trustworthy for our lives. One reason among many that the Bible is hard to understand is that we are sinners by nature and by choice. Sin clouds and distorts our understanding, and it leads sinners to twist the Bible to fit what we think to fit our theology rather than to believe what the Bible says. Well, another reason that uh, the Bible is hard to understand is that the culture of the Bible is entirely different than our own times. And depending on what part of Scripture you're studying, there's between 1,900 years and 3,400 years between when the Bible was written and our day. The life of the nomadic shepherds in uh, 1,800 BC in the Middle East does not make sense to computer programmers in the 21st century. And still another reason the Bible is hard to understand is that it contains many different types of literature. Scripture has history, law, poetry, songs, wisdom literature, prophecy, personal letters, end times literature. Historical literature is meant to be interpreted differently than wisdom literature. Poetry cannot be understood in the same way as end times literature. And while having meaning for people today, a personal letter may not have the same application as it did to the person whom it was written. And recognizing these points is absolutely critical because the Bible contains different genres, and understanding these points helps to minimize confusion and even misunderstanding when reading and studying the Bible. And while we we may not uh, mean to bring our preconceived biases to Scripture, we occasionally do so. Sadly, everyone misinterprets Scripture due to presupposed understanding of what a text may or may not mean. And when we study the Bible, we must ask the Lord to remove any biases from our minds and to help us to interpret it rightly. That's 2 Timothy 2.15. And while this is a difficult step because it acknowledges our sinfulness and our need for the grace of God, it also demonstrates humility. Well, the above points do not describe all that is needed to interpret the Bible correctly. Biblical hermeneutics is the field of study that, that concerns itself with the art and science of biblical interpretation. So understanding what I said previously, it's critical. It helps us to understand the Bible. So to study the Bible rightly, Bible readers must understand the cultural differences between ourselves and the people in Bible times. We must also recognize the different Bible genres of literature. Lastly, we must strive to use proper hermeneutics. And this is so vital so that Scripture speaks on its own merits, not allowing our biases, our preconceived presuppositions to influence our interpretation of the text. And with the help of the grace of God, Christians can understand and rightly interpret Scripture. As Christians, in Christ, which is what we are, the Holy Spirit, Romans 8 9, tells us, indwells the people of God. The, the same God who breathed out Scripture is the same God who indwells the people of God. And the Holy Spirit is going to open your mind in understanding to Scripture. And so understanding Scripture, it's it's not always easy But the Lord desires the people of God to search the word and to mine its treasures fully. Understanding the Bible is not always easy, but it is always rewarding. In 1983, with the publication of F.F. Bruce's now famous work on the hard sayings of Jesus, these words about the hard teachings of scripture entered the Christian vocabulary. Long before F.F. Bruce wrote his book, people struggled with Jesus' teaching before the British evangelical wrote his work. John 6 is Jesus' bread of life discourse. In that story, several professed followers of Jesus abandoned uh, being his disciples because they were offended by his hard sayings. And yet not everyone was put off by the teaching of Christ such as the Apostle Peter who responded to these same words with confidence in Jesus in John 6.68, which says, you have the words of eternal life. And and reading John 6.22-7.1, it reveals a whole host of challenges for Bible interpreters. Jesus' sermon touches on the Trinity, election, reprobation, the purpose of His mission, the nature of saving faith, Uh, Jesus discusses the relationship between the Old and the New Testament, the place of Israel within redemptive history, the work of the Holy Spirit, and so challenges in Bible interpretation are not limited to the hard sayings of Jesus in John 6 and are present throughout the whole of Scripture. Now, the hard sayings, they matter because conservative Christians believe with Peter that the Scripture contains the words of eternal life. And so wrestling with the hard sayings of Scripture is vital. As evangelicals, we believe that the Bible is without error and without the possibility of error. And so we study every jot and tittle to ensure we're interpreting Scripture correctly. And the most vital vocation of the Christian is is to be a sound interpreter of the Word of God. What what we believe about Scripture will affect what we do, how we interpret the Word of God. You see, because we think that the Scripture is essential for our faith and for our practice, our commitment to the authority and the inspiration of Scripture means that that we're going to read it, that we're going to study it, and, and we're going to defend it, and we're going to apply the truth of Scripture. The fact that connection between biblical authority and interpretation is a mark of Protestant theology, and further sound biblical interpretation is a byproduct of Sola Scriptura. It emphasizes a literal reading of scripture. And so such an understanding led Christians to develop biblical resources such as concordances and even study guides to help Bible readers become more proficient in understanding and interpreting the Bible. Now, drawing on the Reformer's teaching, here are four helpful guides to help you navigate the hard teachings of the Bible. Now, first, Christians must know the biblical context. We have been discussing this, but it's one of the most critical rules of biblical interpretation, and it is the analogy of faith. That's the idea of letting Scripture interpret Scripture. Every biblical text is situated in a biblical context, and so Take time to, as you're reading and studying the scripture, to define difficult words, locate the places it describes, summarize the biblical text's main point, and then ask how the verse in question contributes to the chapter's teaching and the biblical book's plotline. After that, compare unclear passages with clear portions of the Bible that refer to the same teaching or the event. And as we return now to John 6, Jesus' comments about the bread of life should be read against the backdrop of the feeding of the 5,000. In fact, the bread of life discourse also references the Lord providing manna for Israel in Exodus 16 and Numbers 11. next step is to check your theology. The Reformers emphasized the analogy of faith, which is the idea that no interpretation should contradict the teaching of Scripture. And although your analysis of Scripture may be correct, if your interpretation compromises on the truth of the Christian faith, you can be sure that you have misunderstood the biblical text. A solid confession of faith and a trusty systematic theology are invaluable resources for helping you understand the orthodox boundaries within biblical exegesis confines itself within. Well, the third thing, and it's very important in our day, is to listen to the saints of old. While church history and current biblical scholarship are not authoritative, in fact, they can even uh, emphasize a minimal doctrinal consensus, A Biblical interpretation does not occur in the vacuum void of history. The best interpreters of Scripture learn from church history. The ascended Lord Jesus has given preachers and even teachers of Scripture to help the people of God understand the Word of God. So commentaries, study Bibles, sermons are a biblical interpreter's best friend. Please check your interpretation of the biblical text against studying the very best biblical interpreters from the past and the present. Last, please rely on the Holy Spirit. Biblical interpretation is a spiritual exercise that requires dependence on the Holy Spirit to avoid error and to interpret Scripture correctly. So Jesus' words are not hard because they are obscure. They're impossible to believe without the Holy Spirit. Scripture teaches in in Ephesians 4, 5, there is one faith, or excuse me, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. In such teaching, it helps Christians understand the unity that's theirs exists because they are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. In fact, in Ephesians 4.3, Paul makes an appeal to Christians for the character qualities of humility, meekness, patience, love. These are necessary to the preservation of unity. And so Paul, in 1 Corinthians uh, 2.10, teaches that the Holy Spirit knows the mind of God, by which he reveals, he teaches, those whom he indwells. Such a process is what theologians call illumination, where the Holy Spirit helps Christians to Understand and to interpret Scripture. Now, every Christian is to read and to understand the Word of God correctly in prayerful dependence upon the illumination of the Holy Spirit. In the real world, not everyone who possesses the Holy Spirit obeys the teaching of Scripture. There are Christians, Paul says in Ephesians 4:30, who grieve the Holy Spirit, and so one reason there are many different interpretations. Is some do not listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit in the Word of God. Now, there are other reasons that we're going to talk about here now, but only a few to be clear. The first is unbelief. Some people who claim the label Christian are not Christians, for there's been no real transformation in their hearts or in their lives. It's impossible for the non-Christian to correctly interpret Scripture. They have no illumination of Scripture which is why even being a pastor or even a theologian does not guarantee one's salvation. In John uh, 12, 28-29, Jesus prayed to the Father, Father, glorify your name, and the Father responds with an audible voice that everyone hears. And even so, the crowd interprets the voice differently, saying this, that the crowd was there and heard it said, it had thundered, others said an angel had spoken to him. Now everyone heard the same thing, a plain statement from heaven, and yet everyone heard what they wanted to hear. 2 Timothy 2.15 teaches there's no shortcut to proper biblical interpretation, but to study it. One example of this is Apollos, who was a powerful and even a persuasive preacher of God's word, but was ignorant of Jesus and salvation. Aquila and Priscilla took him aside and explained to him the way of God more adequately, Acts eighteen twenty four through 28 tells us. And as a result of their training, Apollos preached Jesus Christ from the word of God. Now, the next one is a wrong emphasis on tradition. You see, when biblical interpretation goes wrong, it is when it's filtered not first through the word of God, but through the established traditions of the church. In fact, concerning tradition and the teaching of the Bible, far too often tradition is given the place of prominence. And when that happens, the authority of the word is diminished. The authority of the church leader's opinions, not the word of God, are given supremacy. Now... Christians need to prioritize what Scripture teaches, but we need to avoid being dogmatic about where Scripture is silent. The best example is is the early church in Jerusalem in Acts 2.42, where there was unity because they were were steadfast on the Apostles' Creed. Today, there, there can be unity in the church, but not apart from biblical doctrine, and only when we are grounded in the Word of God. Now, during the Reformation, the Reformers aimed to put a uh, stop to speculative and even wrong interpretations of Scripture by setting forth the analogy of faith, which means Scripture is its own best interpreter. Christians, according to this rule of biblical interpretation, are to interpret Scripture according to Scripture. So, Scripture, according to the analogy of faith, is the supreme judge in interpreting the meaning of a particular verse in light of the whole teaching of the Bible. And so behind the idea of the analogy of faith is confidence in the Bible as the consistent and coherent word of God. The governing principle of the analogy of faith is to guide biblical interpretation. Well, the census literus is a principle that governs an objective teaching of scripture. Census literus means that Christians must interpret the Bible in the sense it's given. For example, parables are to be interpreted as parables, symbols as symbols, poetry as poetry, historical narratives as historical narratives, and letters as letters. Challenging biblical passages are challenging for a reason, but but they are to be interpreted in light of the clear biblical passages on the subject. Though all scripture is clear, not all biblical passages are equally clear. Numerous heresies have erred on that particular point and force conformity to obscure passages rather than to clear biblical passages. And so, as a result, these heresies have distorted the whole Bible. If, if something remains unclear in one part of the Bible, it can be made clear elsewhere in the Word of God. And let's say we have two biblical passages that can be interpreted in a variety of ways. In such an instance, we must always interpret the Bible in such a way as not to violate Scripture's unity and Scripture's integrity. You see, the Bible is meant to be interpreted literally, which means that the Word of God is not meant to be handled as a secret code book to unlock the world's secret mysteries. Christians are to read the Bible. Like, like they read any other work of literature, in doing so, our goal is to read the scriptures correctly. And by reading the scriptures literally, we are accounting for the intent of the biblical authors and the literary conventions of the particular style they use to address Bible readers. We don't read poetry the same way we read the historical narratives of the Bible. Poetry employs rich imagery that serves a figurative depiction of reality. The historical narrative gives an orderly account of what exactly happened. As Christians, we read the Bible literally. The goal in doing so is to get the plain meaning of the text to arrive at the meaning that the biblical passage has. In fact... It's important to say this as well, that the Holy Spirit, in inspiring the Word of God, guided human authorities to employ literary styles such as poetry, proverb, narrative, sermon, epistle, and many other styles. The Lord used these genres so that the people of God would know that He gave them to us for His Word. And while there are rules for each of these genres, we are not to violate them for the sake of allegorical readings that do not connect with the meaning of the biblical text. Well, why does this matter? You see, reading the Bible is critical for Christians, but we're to do so according to proper hermeneutics, taking into account the various literary styles. And if we fail to do this, we will get the wrong meaning. That's why the plain meaning of a passage is best for reading poetry as poetry, narrative as narrative, so that we'll get the meaning that is controlled by the text and arrive at proper biblical interpretation and application of the text. And friends, this discussion is is so important because we are living in a day when people today say that the Bible is full of errors, that it's full of myth, and it's just a book of fairy tales and fantasy. And that is why we have, and it's important to say that the church has responded and we need to understand that the church has responded to a a supposed or uh, paradoxes or contradictions uh, by carefully studying the context using the principles that I've outlined here in this episode. There are, in other words, good answers to your questions about uh, difficult Bible passages, and and that's because people have believed the Word of God, and they have taken uh, that the sound uh, principles of interpretation because they believe the Word of God, and they've studied the Word of God, not to cast doubt on it, but to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, And with all of our mind, with all of our soul, as Jesus taught in the Great Commandment. And that's an important thing to say as we wrap up. As you study the Bible, you're not just, you know, filling your heart and your mind with with truth. You need to understand that this is the truth. This is the objective standard of revelation that God has given to us. And it is, it is not only, it is not, not only for our good. It is the truth. And so we must believe it. We must believe it as the authority of God's word. We must come under the word of God as we read it and study it and realize that we're not filling our hearts and minds with more information. We're actually coming to the word of God, to know God. God reveals himself in his word. There is no other way to know the specific revelation the plan the will and the purpose of god as outlined other than in and by and because of the word of god god gave us 66 books for a reason and he gave it to us so that we would know him and trust him and love him and know if you want to hear god's voice it's been said and it's so true uh read the word but if you want to hear him out loud, read the word out loud. There's no other way to know God. God has revealed himself finally and fully, and what he has said is enough for us. And so let us trust the word. Let us study the word. Let us use our minds, and but let us also submit to the truth of Scripture using the principles that I've outlined in this episode. And by the way, I hope that you found this episode helpful. It is a large topic. We will come back to this subject, no doubt, in the in the days and the years ahead. I want to thank you guys for listening or watching this episode of the Equipping You in Grace podcast. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you.